This is FM 100.5 WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. And good morning, Rutherford County. We have uh, Mr. Ronnie Martin on. Uh, don't worry about the sound. It's perfect uh, out there and they're going through the radio. Nice. And Jan Stewart. And Ronnie, when were you on last? It's been three weeks ago. Something like that, three or four? Yeah, because I was in Mexico last week, so it would have had to have been three weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, did you Were you allowed to cross into Mexico through the border, or how did you do that? I snuck in through the air. So. You snuck in? Yeah, I jumped on a plane and snuck in above everybody else. It wasn't Southwest, was it? <laughs> no, it was Delta, and uh, I had not flown Delta before, I don't think. But uh, you know, it's a great South, airline. Yeah. Well, it is. Southwest is, of course, a, a low cost carrier, and you get yeah. great prices. And um, but Delta is more of an international type carrier, and it was a larger plane. But yeah. we had these cool um, chair rest video monitors that I could watch movies on. Oh and yeah. I, I didn't get yeah. bored. It was fancy. Uh, speaking of fancy things, people, uh, you were on. It's been, I think it's been four weeks, but it may have been three weeks. Mm -hmm. Ever since you were on the show, people have been just worrying me to death. What's Ronnie going to do <laughs> with the next election coming up? And uh, I said, well, I'm not sure we discussed that on the radio. And they said, yes, you did. So um, <laughs> what's, what's the deal? Jan, Jan, do you want to weigh in on this before I start? You know where I stand on that. <laughs> um, Jan's hair, I want everybody out there to know, Jan's hair is beautiful. It looks amazing. Morning. Just yeah. absolutely gorgeous. It's got Thank these pink, pink highlights in it. They're, <laughs> they're just enough. So yeah, thanks. yeah. Really but but I guess Jan was taking care of the bank while you were gone. As always. Yeah. yeah she it's takes, good that you have somebody you can rely on to do those things. It is. It's hard to find good yeah. people that you can count on and trust and that care as much as you do about the work that you do as you yeah. well know that's important yeah. you had a big day at the bank it. yesterday you did have a big day With we had a stock. big oh yeah we had a big um go ahead tell that story you our stock reached a hundred dollars Pen a share yesterday. pinnacle, pinnacle bank, bank stock wow mm -hmm. well i can tell you uh i have been blessed to have y'all taking care of what little money i've got over there in the bank and i'm Hey, I feel very comfortable about that. Before Jan started the bank, I think it was around sixty dollars a share, and now it's at a hundred. So she's doing a good job. I'm proud of you, Janie. <laughs> That's right. You've taken care of me. I know that. Just and I bet you there. I bet you there's a thousand other people that live here in the community can say the same thing. And that's pretty special. Yep. Yeah. Now let's get back to the. Oh, I thought we'd the big. <laughs> I was you, trying to deflect. Yeah. You you are good at deflecting those hey. particular questions. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you are. Uh, first of all, uh, those that haven't uh, heard us before, mm -hmm. uh, you're a vice president over at Pinnacle Bank. Yes, sir. And uh, they reached out to you and Janie and and others because they knew how valuable you guys were. And and you have um, met all the the needs that they've had, but you've also been a city councilman, and I have told others many many times that you're the best I've ever seen because you put everything that you've got into making sure 
that whatever your responsibilities are, you're going to take care of them, and you research better than anybody I've ever seen. You don't take the information that comes across your death desk for granted. You want to make sure that the things that you're voting on, uh, you know pretty much everything's going to be involved with it. So let's go from there. Uh, uh, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to ask you that question. You you know. No, it's look, it's fine. I one, I, I really appreciate the kind words. Um, but let me correct a couple of things. One, I called Bill Jones. Bill Jones didn't call me, so that goes back a couple of a couple of statements there. But uh, he was nice enough to give us an opportunity to come to Pinnacle, and I hope um, he has been pleased. I think he's been pleased with with our work and. We'll continue to work hard to make sure he feels good about that decision. We're we're there to make Bill look good. That's what we're there to do. So I heard he put a big sign on top <laughs> of the building. It was kind of uh, would go back and forth and say, Ronnie Martin, if you <laughs> That's uh, not true. if you're driving out today, would you please stop in to yeah. Pinnacle Bank? <laughs> yeah, I, I I do what I can do to make sure that Bill looks good, and then I try to stay out of his way. So oh, it doesn't take nothing to make bill look good he's yeah. all right he's always good yeah um but i also i did have breakfast with ed lowry last week oh yeah yeah how was he ed's doing well he really is was it's uh, it's, it's almost like he he looks the same as he did after he left high school i i don't know what how he does it i can't find out what his secret is I really enjoy seeing him uh, meander around the square and walk around with his paper and visit the offices. That that feels pretty good to me. And yeah, we've talked about this before, but um, the way Andrea uh, Andrea still presents herself and how active she is and how great she looks all the time. I mean, it's yeah. it's great to have those two in the community. She's uh, a sweetheart. She really is really special. But, Truman, as always, you, you probably give me more credit than I deserve. Um, I, I have tried to work hard and serve well, um, you know, and so um, I, I'm very appreciative for the kind words. And I've told you on a couple of different occasions, you know, um, serving in the city council role has been, you know, it's been rewarding, uh, but it's also been really challenging. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it's different than anything else I have ever done. Uh, goes without saying, um, but um, I have probably not had the result as a council member that I really wanted to have, and of course, I think that means different things to different people. Um, yeah. I, I have not been very successful being able to build, um, and I hate talking like this because it, it, it sounds too much like politics, but it is politics, so I can't avoid that. Uh, but the coalition building uh, to, um, um, from my perspective, from my point of view, mm -hmm. you know, uh, being able to um, lead with the vision that I have for the city versus the vision that other people have for the city. And, yeah. you know, some would say that's probably not my role. Um, it might be the mayor's role. Uh, and I, I have strong disagreement with that. I think the council... Uh, are all equal council members. Um, I think when you look at uh, the role of the mayor in Murfreesboro, <clears throat> you know, by, by statute and legislative uh, charter from the state, you know, the mayor runs our meetings and um, uh, certainly is our uh, first among equals, if you will, in the sense that, you know, he's the official signatory on documents uh, for the city and uh, he is certainly our 
um, um, you know, the face of the city for, mm-hmm. for lack of a better explanation. But beyond that, it, it really, in my vision of what our government should be, uh, it should be a combined effort of council members, um, you know, pushing through hard issues to sculpt the vision. And I don't feel like we always do that. I feel like that in some cases, um, you know, there's a lot of, and this probably goes on. My experience is limited, obviously, to the city of Murfreesboro. But I think there's a whole lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on to push us further down a road in certain directions than some council members know. Uh, And so I'm not crazy about that tactic, that strategy. It doesn't feel um, transparent to me. But there is this, um, and it's it's very matter of fact because it's accurate. But there's this thinking that if staff or you know council members can find a consensus amongst four people, then it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I just very much have an aversion to that. You know, the, the math is not wrong. If you get four out of seven, you can you can proceed with an agenda. You can pass or or fail something. But I just don't think from a leadership standpoint that should be the standard that we set. What we should be doing is doing the best to leverage the individual talents we have on the council, um, encouraging dialogue, open dialogue. And I can give you lots of examples. We had a – I thought we had a really great conversation about MED proceeds yesterday that was not Mm -hmm. easy. We spent four hours talking about it. There were a lot of different opinions. Um, But – with that being said, <clears throat> I have not felt great about what I've been able to accomplish as a council member. Now, I have to be fair to myself also and say, um, I've done the work, I've showed up, I've invested the time, uh, and I have tried to be uh, a very positive, available, knowledgeable resource to people in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can't say specifically, here's what I've been able to do based on the time that I've served. All I can say is uh, I've been present, I've worked hard, I've been knowledgeable, and people that call me get a response, <clears throat> people that have questions get answers, uh, I do the work. And you know, during that process, um, I've probably formed, and you know, we've been doing this long enough now where you can probably remember back, and I've told a lot of people this, when I started, when I originally ran for city council, people would ask me, well, what's your vision for the city? Yeah. And being inexperienced and really not politically minded, I didn't know how to answer that question because I didn't really have a vision for the city. I was serving because I felt like I could be useful and helpful and I was willing, you know, to do the work and invest the time. And thankfully, my employer at the time and my employer today was willing to give me the opportunity and the flexibility to do that. Well, I spent a year campaigning, was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to serve, spent three years in office, so I've got less than a year in office left. I probably do have a vision for Murfreesboro today that has been shaped by the experiences of council, but to refer back to um, how I think our government functions, how our part-time mayor functions, how the council and the city manager and all of that functions together, uh, and coupled with the fact that I don't feel great about the success that I have had as a council member, um, I'm probably not willing to spend, or I'm just not at this time, willing to spend that much time, that much energy, make that much commitment 
when you don't feel great about the results you get on the backside, you know. So <clears throat> what I know is, um, and I, I don't say this um, to offend any of our council members, I, uh, I appreciate them and I have respect for them and they have uh, broad and diverse talents and expertise. But the truth is, um, you know, the, the mayor and the city manager largely drive where we go. And from my perspective, the rest of us are kind of along for the ride. Well, it's easy to look at, though, Ronnie, because you do all of that preliminary work that you need to have mm -hmm. done to right. make a decision. Right. Not everybody does that. And you're taking uh, the word of, of primarily the city manager and, and the mayor, uh, right. how, their relationship. And uh, you're not just act actually taking their word for granted. You want to know what's all the uh, uh, background work that that's going on and where it's going to lead you. And uh, you don't see people getting that much involved in making sure the information that's passed on to them is correct. Well, and, and how can you be successful if nobody else is listening? Well, you know, it's interesting, and I'll, I'll, um, I will make this comment. So most of the time, the person that you choose to be closest to, your partner in yeah. life, is the person that knows you best, and is probably the person that you trust the most, yeah. right? Yeah. So I can't tell you the number of times my wife, Cynthia, who's m much smarter than me, Oh, that's obvious. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. It's, it's true, too. <laughs> but um, we would, uh, we'll be in a conversation, and she will tell me something, and I'll be like, that's not right. Mm -hmm. And she'll say, what do you mean it's not right? And I was like, what you're saying is just not right. And she'll say, well, I just was here. I just saw this, just read this, whatever. Yeah. And I said, look, I'm not questioning that you believe it's right. I'm yeah. questioning that whatever your connection points between the two and, and – and where you landed on this, I'm just telling you you're wrong on that issue. So yeah. why do I bring that up? <clears throat> it's not just um, rather than me point fingers at, you know, our mayor or the city manager. Part of this is how I operate, right? Yeah. So this instinctive trust of, you know, my perception, my intuition, and coupled with knowing, you know, if you tell me um, – you know, something is blue. If it doesn't look blue to me, I'm going to spend some time to try to figure that out. And I can't let it go. Yeah. Until I'm, until I'm resolved that either, Hey, you know what? The lighting was bad. So it was blue. I just couldn't tell. Or from where Truman sat, the lighting was bad and he couldn't tell. He didn't intentionally tell me it was blue. There's a reason I have to find the explanation. I have to find that information. And so, um, to, to all my friends on the council and to the staff that, that, uh, indulge me uh they're not the only ones that have to deal with those kinds of things my wife has to deal with that with me so bless her heart right yeah um but you're kind of you're one of these people as a banker the reason that you're so uh, everybody wants you is because of the way you think and you want to make sure that everything is involved with their particular type businesses or, or um are the same that you want to be able to um, make a judgment on when, when when they're dealing with you in the bank. Right. And, and when you're dealing, especially with a lot of dollars that are 
their dollars mm-hmm. and then you start looking at the the uh, dollars that the community people are putting into the government right it 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 makes you in a way the way you, you do business you feel like you're responsible for them i do and then you get you start you start overlaying that with um, personal philosophy um, you know, and, and I can get very caught up in the spirit of what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, you have the law and then you have what was intended, what was the law intended to prevent or encourage or those types of things. And so, you know, I'll give you an example, um, again, yesterday, cause it's the most recent, um, we spent four hours talking about MED proceeds and obviously that's an, still on, that's still on the burner, right? <laughs> Well, of course, for those listeners for a that are not aware, yeah. yeah, we sold, I guess it's been a year ago, a year and a half ago, uh, we sold the utility, um, Murfreesboro's utility, MED, and now Middle Tennessee Electric owns that, who's rebranded mm-hmm. as MTE. Um, but the city received $250 million plus interest payments over 15 years for a total sales price of about $300 million, rough math. Okay. So there was huge discussions about whether we should or shouldn't sell the utility. Of course, we're beyond that. Mm -hmm. And then one of the things that I can remember bringing up during that conversation was, well, if I knew what we would do with the money, it might be easier for me to make a decision about whether or not I'm going to take what I've got in this hand or what I've got in this hand. But not knowing what we're going to do with the money, I just assumed to go with what I know, which is what we have. Well, we didn't do that. We, We sold the utility. But um, one of the things that was really, really important to me, and I think the council, was to make sure that 15 or 25 or 100 years from now, that we didn't look in a news article that said, hey, remember when we used to, when Murfreesboro used to have its own utility, mm-hmm. and remember when the city got $250 million, and does anybody know where that money ever went? Yeah. So it was important to me, and I think others, to say we want to leave since we've traded that asset we want to leave a legacy for what those funds will be used for and for murfreesboro to benefit long term Mm -hmm. well so this is this goes to what you were talking about this philosophical thing um one of the things that came up yesterday is we were talking about um how proceeds from med could benefit could benefit and help local taxpayers Mm -hmm. well you and i might not agree on this um but I have a pretty strong opinion that MED proceeds have nothing to do with taxpayer proceeds mm-hmm. and or taxpayer considerations at all. And the reason for that is when you pay your utility bill, you're paying for a service, Yeah. right? It's not like you're paying for, uh, you're paying your property tax bill that goes to the city mm-hmm. to which the city invests in roads or education or other things. You know, um, when you pay your light bill, uh, you're paying for a service that you get, and the company that's providing that service has overhead and cost to provide that electricity for you. Mm-hmm. But when the city made the decision to sell the utility, you know there was big conversation about who should get that money. Should the taxpayers, uh, and, and here I am using the wrong word, should the rate payers get mm-hmm. that money? Should we distribute those proceeds to everybody that had access to electricity? Yeah. Or should the city get that? Well. Obviously, the city felt very strongly that that's our asset. Well, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that necessarily, 
but when we start talking about how those proceeds benefit the sales proceeds yeah how they benefit murfreesboro long term when we start talking about uh, and this was just part of the conversation that came up lowering taxes so people could pay less taxes from the proceeds of med mm-hmm. well i'm very much against that and the reason i'm very much against that is how many times are you going to be able to sell a utility per, to provide tax rebates to citizens yeah one time yeah and so in the world that i live in you don't use one-time events to fix recurring issues you use recurring events and balance those with recurring revenues so mm-hmm. recurring revenues with the recurring expenses and so <clears throat> you know there was some debate on that point uh which is not really the point i'm bringing up but i'm taking that back to you're talking about in banking, uh, what do we do to add value to clients? What do we do to, um, you know, let the people that we're serving know that we're not just order takers, that mm-hmm. we're not just there to process their order or, or make their deposit, that, you know, we're going to professionally do what we can do to add some value to their business, to provide some expertise. And so when we get financial information, we review it. When people come in and ask us to borrow money, um, and some people are not accustomed to this. We say, well, what are you going to do with the money? And, well, why do you want to know my business? Well, because we're lending you money, right? Yeah. But it's, it's valuable, I think. And I, this is just part of my personality. I'm happy for people to question me about things I do, decisions I make, because I'm committed to the best final result that I can get to. Yeah. And I think if you're committed to the best final result that you're committed to, Jan works with me, so she can attest to this. There are very few things that I say, we're going to, let's do this this way because it's my way and, you know, it's the best way. Um, I'm about, let's do it the most efficient way we can do it. And if that's your idea, fantastic, teach me how to do it. And if that's somebody else's idea, fantastic, teach us how to do it. But to to take that back to our clients, I think it's really important to to know what questions to ask, Mm -hmm. to challenge the people that you serve to make sure that um, they are truly benefiting from the expertise that you have. And, and we do that in business day to day, and I've tried to do that on the council. Uh, I, think, I think our clients appreciate it more than maybe some of the city staff have appreciated, and not all. Um, yeah. Plenty of staff members are very positive and helpful to have those conversations. Uh, I think far, often, far too often I'm an annoyance to others. So. But that's the job. That's what that's what well, I that's think what I'm supposed Jan to be doing. <laughs> Jane will be right. Um, the, this uh, controlling the future of a place like Murfreesboro in Rutherford mm-hmm. County. I know, I know, uh, caller, stay on the line, and, and we'll be with you in a minute. But um, that is one of the more difficult things because everyone has opinions. Right. on what they want it, where they live yeah and, and and it's 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 important for their voices to be heard and, and we all realize that but uh, the future of a place like this there are so many things that are involved mm-hmm. with a growing place because as we know people are moving into this area uh, by the uh, the droves I mean they're mm-hmm. just flying in here and, and uh, to be able to accommodate their thoughts along with the thoughts of old Murfreesboro, the people who have deep roots here, right. uh, they have seen in, in their lifetime a different 
uh, town mm -hmm. than what we see right now. I mean, I, uh, I don't think we're any bigger than Woodbury back when I was a kid. I mean, mm -hmm. we were very small. But now everything's exploding, and what is, what is going to be the results of what's happening now and is this going to be a place where we want our children and our grandchildren to live and and what what are the opportunities here in murfreesboro so th those are great questions and one of the things that you and i have openly talked about and i think it's really good is um, my perspective based on where I sit in time today yeah. and your perspective based on where you sit in time today. And I yeah. think there's a lot of value in um, us having that discussion because you say things to me all the time that I don't think about regularly mm -hmm. about the way the community used to be uh, when there was less traffic, when there was probably, I don't want to say more community, but because there were fewer people, there was more opportunity to know maybe a larger community overall uh, versus when you get lots of people, it's hard to know people in every area. Right. You tend to know the people closest to you. Yeah. But I think, you know, um, continuing to focus on job growth in our community, uh, to, to focus on workforce development in our mm -hmm. community, uh, higher education through our local university, uh, attracting, uh, which is really difficult, uh, and I think this is one of our biggest challenges, you know, um, and I'm not going to name other municipalities because when I hear other people do that, I think, man, you shouldn't do that. But yeah. I understand why they do it. But, you know, Murfreesboro um, is a very special place and uh, Rutherford County is a very special place. Yeah. And I think it's OK to say to look at your neighbor, you know, north, south, east, west and say we like that part of what they're doing or what they have in that community and to try to make some small changes to those yeah. things but you know to covet um you know i think in an unhealthy way um, um wanting a transformation of a community i just don't think you can do that and i think you can miss a lot of opportunity to excel as the community that you really are when you're looking ahead at something that's really going to be hard to do and so yeah. You know, I, look, we're going to be probably, uh, we're going to be a bedroom community to Nashville. Uh, we Our growth has, you know, not to not give credit to the, the past city leaders, which they are certainly deserving of, and, mm -hmm. and the staff, uh, which they're certainly deserving of, um, helping us grow the way we have grown, because there's a ton of positive things for all the things that we would say, hey, you know, it takes 15 minutes to get from the center of town anywhere and then somebody would laugh and say you lost your mind it takes 30 minutes to get from the center of town anywhere well that's true um but you know think about the places you have to go and uh you know buy all the suits that you buy and the nice clothes that you buy we got lots I don't of those have any suits. <laughs> but you can don't you could go do that caller, right what is the caller still waiting yeah okay don't forget about him you want me to go on and, and, and just cut Ronnie yeah, off? That's okay. It's his show. I do it all the time. All right, yeah, let's Janet, go. <laughs> Caller, welcome aboard. And Janie Stewart is the one that did it. <laughs> welcome aboard. I got plenty of time. Hey, I Casey. I got something to tell you guys. You all ever heard of a place called I-24? Oh, I think I, we know where it is. <laughs> when in the world have you all ever wanted to just 
get some of your friends to play a good joke on them, send them to, send them to a place called Nashville, Tennessee, at about 7 o'clock in the evening when it gets yeah. dark. That's good stuff. Have yeah. you all heard about that place? Oh, yeah. I-24. Yep. And they're called Bell Road Area. Very familiar with it. How? You don't want to go that way. I, we, we had to go to a funeral of night. I just couldn't believe And how many exits does it take to get to Nashville, you all, over I-24? How long does it take to build an uh, interstate? Please tell me, someone. I take I take I take the exit to come back to Murfreesboro is what I do. <laughs> you know I, I wasn't too good in school, so next I just go with my. I'm gonna get a CNI dog. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. I tried to count the trailer trucks. I got up to a hundred and two thousand. What is going on? Can someone tell me? I mean, bumper to bumper, and here come three race car drivers like Richard Petty them. They just drove like it. It was just nobody out there with them. I mean, I, anybody seen? And then downtown Nashville, they're they're building and just building and building on top of building. And what is going on? Is it me, you all? Have anybody <laughs> no, seen it after dark? Oh, they're building a sixty-story building right now. <laughs> Who help me, somebody? Help me, somebody. Hey, but where the Tars live at? Who? I need to go back to Africa. Oh. <laughs> Is it in the peace anywhere you all? You said you said Tarzan, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Where can I find peace at? It's Tarzan crazy. sitting over here next to me, right? Ronnie Martin. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't believe it. And, oh, let me get one round through. I'm I'm getting through. Let's, 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 we got enough subdivisions. Alley in a place called bro. <laughs> it's called Subdivision Alley. <laughs> Y'all have a good day, people. I love you. You too, Casey. All you right. too, Casey. <laughs> you know, you know. One of the things when he was uh, talking, uh, well, we we're going to take a quick break because what the next question I've got to ask you is important. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sir. We'll see. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, I'm Larry Castelli, and I love living at Adams Place. I do exercise. I go three times a week. I go to stretch and balance, always conscious of your needs. It's not that someone is telling you what to do, it's they're looking out for you. It's a good workout. And what about the food? Oh, give me a break. <laughs> There's so much food here, you can, you know, I would highly recommend Adam's Place. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. 
We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hey, gentlemen, it's Scott. Make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center right here in Murfreesboro, where they exclusively specialize in men's wellness, and they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. Low T Center has reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. It starts with an annual wellness exam, where they do a comprehensive health assessment so that you know all your numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, noticed weight gain, or a loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. Self-inject at-home treatments are $155 a month, self-pay, or covered by most health insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Are you looking for some good use furniture? Well, today's your lucky day. Steered Straight 2 Furniture and Thrift is now open. We're on Mercury Boulevard across the street from Dirt Cheap. Our website is steeredstraightthriftstore.org. That's S-T-E-E-R-E-D straightthriftstore.org. We have lots of used furniture at great prices along with items for only a dollar. Come on by to our newest location where every purchase has a purpose and where every donation matters. We're on Mercury Boulevard across the street from Dirt Cheap. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. A Williamson County deputy is on administrative leave after fatally hitting a pedestrian. Although it is said that deputy was driving an I-840 near Paytonsville Road around 10.30 Tuesday night, answering a call about a man walking along the interstate. Deputy was traveling eastbound on 840 when he hit a man who he says ran out into the highway in front of the patrol car. The man has not yet been identified. Several police agencies, along with Homeland Security and the Department of Transportation, launching a new speeding prevention campaign. Slowdown Tennessee begins Friday, October 15th, and will be enforced through the end of the month. Participating agencies will increase their public education and enforcement efforts. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says motor vehicle crashes nationwide are the leading cause of death for teenagers in America. Several organizations, including the United Way, Catholic Charities, and the Nashville International Center for Empowerment, are asking residents to help resettle some of the evacuees from Afghanistan. About 300 evacuees who assisted the U.S. effort in that country are coming to Middle Tennessee. Support groups say they are launching the Welcoming Nashville Fund. It will provide some financial assistance for families who have come to the U.S. with just the clothes on their backs after fleeing Taliban rule in Afghanistan. Federal investigators trying to learn why an employee opened fire at a postal service facility in Memphis Tuesday, killing three people, including himself. The shootings began afternoon, and police responded to a call of a shooting at the postal facility known as the East Lamar Carrier Annex at Park Avenue in Pendleton. It's the second such incident of workplace violence in the area in two weeks. Authorities say an outside contractor opened fire at the Kroger store in Collierville September 23rd. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Are you looking for a different kind of bank? Open your eyes to a credit union. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help hardworking Americans achieve their financial goals faster. And because we're owned by our members, you get a piece of the pie. 
Visit our website, heritagesouth.org, to open your first account and see how we help when others won't. Insured by NCUA. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunnier this afternoon, high in the mid-80s. Winds out of the southwest of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy sky conditions alone near 64. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 67. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline 896-4100 or go see a movie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline 896-4100 or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Ronnie Martin, who is uh, arguing with Jan right now. <laughs> but I think the argument is over with. Uh, <laughs> you know, being on the radio is is very interesting because you know i I have had to deal with all the things behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. and uh with government fighting with government and uh trying to work with government it's it's not uh it's not an easy process Mm -hmm. but you've got to always try to do the right thing and you've got to look at all areas and with the people that you're dealing with and uh I'll never write a book, I can tell you that, because uh, a lot of it is good and a lot of it is not so good. But that's uh, the story with everybody, Truman. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. But um, doing what you're doing, in a lot of ways, is more difficult than a lot of the things that I had to deal with, because you're, you're representing uh, the people who live in the city of Murfreesboro in mm-hmm. so many different ways. And you have people that uh, are in positions in the city, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a top position, uh, uh, elected position, non-elected positions, and all of those things. And you are always have to question in your own mind the things that come across your desk as to what's behind all of these things. Mm-hmm. And... When you're looking at that, you have to make your own determinations on it, not by what's told to you completely, but what is really happening with these issues. Right. And I have seen that a lot of uh, people who have to make those decisions, other city councilmen, uh, I don't really believe they do that complete research. That if something is said by the mayor or the or the city manager, they just take it for the way it's presented, and, and that's it. Uh, you don't do that, and um, you've always got to look at the reasons why this particular issue is being brought up, yeah. and that's pretty difficult, isn't it? It is hard because, you know, the thing that you want to do is you always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah. You always want to assume that people are coming from, you know, honest and true intentions. And and look, I, I I'm going to tell you that I believe people do things uh, in honest with honest intentions. And um, but you know what I have seen firsthand is um, and for example, you know, law enforcement. Um, if if you said as someone who's got law enforcement experience mm-hmm. that um, we should have eight officers. I can remember you telling a story one time about having one or two patrol officers on duty at night for yeah. the whole county. Yeah. My guess is it's a, a large number now. It may be ten times that. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But if, if you and I were in a discussion, you know, we were elected officials, and, and I said I think there should be ten people on patrol at night, and you said, well... I think there should be eight. Um, but my guess is you might say, but if you want to give me 10, there's some things I can do that I'm not currently doing with 10, you know, rather than eight. Mm-hmm. But let's just assume we held these very strong positions that I, I think it should be 10 and you think it should be eight. Well, if, if to get the number you wanted, um, you went to two or three county commissioners, talking about the sheriff mm-hmm. um, or the, the county mayor, and said, look, Ronnie just wants 10. It really needs to be eight. I need your support on this. And then we go into a meeting, and what I know is um, I'm expecting for us to debate the merits of eight and 10 in this meeting. Right. And what happens is you say, um, I'm very supportive of eight, and I think it's for this reason. And then the people that you've talked to make a motion and second it, and then it gets voted on and the discussion really never takes place or just yeah. a fraction of the discussion takes place. Mm-hmm. I think there are people that truly believe that's the way the process should work. Right. I adamantly believe that is not the way the process should work. So yeah. I think you should have to lay out your eight person case. I should have to lay out my 10 person case. And if it takes two hours for us to do it, then either we don't feel as strongly about eight or 10 as we say we do, or you know, we're more concerned with the outcome than we really are um, trying to make the best decision that we can. And so that kind of process, I've shared with you my struggle in dealing with that. And that's one of the things that I think um, probably doesn't make me a great fit as a council member, because I get really frustrated when I see that happen. It really frustrates me. And again, I have enough experience now that I'm not guessing about how it happened. I know exactly how it happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and that frustrates you, and it, it tends to want you to <clears throat> pull away from being as gracious uh, with the people you serve with as you should be, and I don't want to do that. And mm-hmm. so I have to work really hard to remember that um, to go back to the source origin of that conversation and say, regardless of what Truman might have done mm-hmm. to get the result that he wanted, um, we just disagreed that eight or 10 was the right number. Does it have a significant impact at the end of the day? And so that's kind of been my benchmark for um, how hard am I going to hang on to these issues and how hard am I going to press? Mm-hmm. And look, a lot of the times to go back to the MED discussion we had yesterday, um, and this is, <clears throat> I'm not going to try to confuse the audience um, by rattling off all these numbers, but to simplify it, you know, there was some money that we were going to spend up front. Mm-hmm. There's some money we're going to put into a trust. Um, there's some money that when we form the trust, 
that the earnings of that money will go into and be managed by a different board that will do some nonprofit philanthropic things for the community. Um, like Christie Houston or something like similar that. Similar to that, very yeah. similar to that. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of discussion about how, how much and where those numbers should be moved. Mm-hmm. And while I felt if, if that plan had been designed just by me, I probably would have done it differently. But you would have probably done it differently. Jan would have. And every other person at the table probably would have. But ultimately, where I think we will come down with that, um, it's easy for me to see the perspective and the value of probably where we will end up. But why I'm happy with where we are on that is that I think it played out the way it should have played out. We spent almost a year trying to make that decision. We had a community group involved. There was a lot of feedback from the community group. Um, And we spent a healthy four hours debating those issues. So I feel great that even though maybe it's not exactly what I would do, I'm very satisfied with the effort that went into the public discussion, talking about all the options, talking about what we should and shouldn't do. Um, I, I feel great about that. And, and what I ultimately know is <clears throat> everyone out there is going to have a slightly different version of what they might have done, but none of that is necessarily better or worse or wrong or right. It's just a little different, right? Yeah, uh, but one of the things that when you're sitting around coffee tables mm-hmm. here in Murfreesboro and Rutherford yep. County and they start talking about political issues – um it becomes uh almost uh uh a personal thing to each individual as everything is being voted on and whatever and and one of the things that always comes up in in some of these conversations would be does anybody that's an elected person Mm -hmm. or or maybe involved in in decision making uh are are they going to benefit personally from some of these things? Yeah, sure. It, it is a it is a big deal, and uh, um, I think that that's one of the strange things about politics in, in today's world. Everybody is suspicious of everybody. It's, yeah. it, 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 it's why you can't get anybody to run for office hardly anymore. Like you, <laughs> who, who has you have uh, held the responsibility with you the whole time that you've been there and you say well could could someone be in a business that's actually benefiting uh, maybe financially or whatever right. in, in the business and and we were talking off the air uh there are a lot of mayors uh in the city of Murfreesboro over the years mm-hmm. and many of them have been retired Right. When they become, uh, uh, they run for the mayor position, right, and and all of that, and you very seldom see what we would call young people in sure. that position, and and uh, whether uh, it it's always a question when when you have that come up it, it is because uh, the mayor is a very uh, respected position by all businesses and all of those type things so um um it's so many things that are involved when you have to make a decision 
as 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 all the city councilmen are, mm-hmm. and you have to go by whatever the information is that's given to you. If if you don't make an effort to follow up on all the things that are involved in it, right? You know, it's interesting. So you you mentioned the mayors, and so I'll 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 bite on that a little bit and and have some of that dialogue. If you if you look at Shane McFarland, mm-hmm. uh, Shane is my age. Uh, he, he may be exactly my age, but he's around forty seven because uh, we were in school together. Mm-hmm. And he's been on the council for about 16 years, um, eight as a council member and knocking on the door for eight as mayor. So that means he would have been 31 uh, when he first got on the council and maybe right at 40, um, 39, 40 when he became mayor. Mm-hmm. So in, in just our history of Murfreesboro, our history has mostly been, and correct me if I'm wrong because you've got better recall of that than I do, there were mostly retired businessmen that were in those roles yeah well <clears throat> i think um and shane and i've talked about this um and i'll just share my opinion he, he can share his um I, I think that our community which we talk a lot about has grown to a point where we really need a full-time mayor in murfreesboro mm-hmm. now i can tell you our our city staff does not want that um and i think largely because now of the city staff includes who well, you're talking about I mean, not names, but, but yeah, positions. you're talking about the city manager and those people that do the hard work every day of the blocking and tackling of running the city. So yeah. running your schools, um, you know, taking care of the streets and roads, um, solid waste disposal, mm-hmm. uh, parks and recreation, um, all those things. Yeah. Uh, and I shouldn't, again, I, that's a, a broad brush. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what all every one of those people think to be clear but i do know in the conversations we've had at, at retreats and other things um I, I think the staff would not be if you ask them they would not be overly supportive of a full-time mayor mm-hmm. some of that's probably self-preservation if there's a full-time mayor running the city then some of those positions wouldn't be there yeah but you know i do think to go back to our mayor um so you know Shane has done great things for our community. He's, yeah. he's uh, I think, a fine person. Uh, he's a very successful business person. Um, but one of the things that when you look at the, the history and the legacy of mayors we've had in Murfreesboro mm-hmm. and what those people have looked like from an age perspective, from uh, a point in time of their career perspective, Shane's done it very differently. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that's good or bad or, or better or worse, but it is different. Um, I, I would say the community was much smaller during those times prior to Shane. You're probably talking about a city that was about half the size when Tommy Bragg was here. Those numbers may not be exact, but they're probably not far off. They're, yeah. they're much closer to being accurate than, than totally wrong. Um, but <clears throat> I think with the size that we are now, having a full-time mayor is something that um, the way in politics, when you look at local leadership, when you look at running a municipality, I just don't think the vision of our city can be crafted by a part-time mayor and the way, especially the way we function with a part-time mayor um, because of the size of the city. Now, Again, lots of smart people know more than me would disagree with that. That's my opinion. But I, I will give you this perspective. <clears throat> and I, again, uh, Shane's done great things to our community. We're lucky to have him as a leader. But 
you know, when he started on the council and when he uh, was mayor uh, the first time around, uh, the majority of his business he did was outside of Rutherford County. Yeah. I think that protected him in a really positive and healthy way from the standpoint that, you know, people couldn't say, well, the mayor's a builder and a developer. And with all the conversation we have about growth in Rutherford County, that you had the top elected official benefiting from growth in Rutherford County. Yeah. I, I think he avoided um, criticism and was very wise to focus the majority of his business outside of Murfreesboro. Yeah. I think what has happened is, as Murfreesboro has continued to grow, um, you know, I think Shane has much more business in Murfreesboro now than he has elsewhere, certainly much more in the county than outside the county. Mm -hmm. And I think whether it's right or wrong or, or fair or unfair, he's going to receive a certain amount of criticism for that because, you know, in some ways, Shane is not only um, participating in, in creating policy, mm -hmm. he's leading policy uh, through that influence of the mayor's position, yeah. which would directly impact his business in what is a thriving, growing you know, economy. Now, am I telling you or would I even um, begin to step into the space of you know, Shane's using his position as mayor to influence these things? No, I'm not going to say that. One, because I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to cast, you know, dispersions on his character. But I think one of the things that, um, you know, common sense would tell you, um, if I work for the city of Murfreesboro and whether I'm in planning or codes or, you know, in the water resources department or whatever else, when something comes through with the mayor's name on it as an independent business person, um, <clears throat> I would venture to say that most people would say that while... Shane, you know, wouldn't ask to be treated differently and would do, I think, his very best to try to prevent the even perception of being mm -hmm. treated differently. It'd be hard to argue that he's not treated differently because he is the mayor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. just stating the obvious. Um, and I think, you know, the, the counter argument to that would be, well, so is the mayor supposed to <clears throat> not have a job or is he supposed to, you know, not, not provide for his family? Well, of course not. That's not what we're talking about. But I, I go back to how this conversation started with a part-time mayor as that part in that part-time mayor role. I think when you look at Tommy Bragg and Richard Reeves and, <clears throat> and Joe B and others that you will know, my understanding is those were generally retired uh, community leaders that were giving back to the community. You know, we had the same type of leadership structure where we had a city manager that was really running the day-to-day -day operation. Um, I, I would tell you Shane is much more involved um, in day-to-day -day things that go on in the city, um, and, and I can't compare that to Tommy or, or Mayor Reeves because I wasn't around and didn't work with them. Mm -hmm. But I just know because of issues we work through, uh, and it's not because of a lack of effort on my part uh, or because you know I'm asleep at the wheel, but you know our, our mayor has far more information on a regular basis about things we debate in city council, um, it, it's not introduced most of the time. It's not introduced new and fresh to him the way it's introduced new and fresh to us. And so I think the combination of those things, you know, tell me that I think we're better positioned for a full-time mayor um, than we have ever been. And, um, 
you know, I, I don't know that that will ever happen. I don't know that uh, the council will ever get to a place where they think that's what we should do. Mm-hmm. But it's what I think we should do. Has Murfreesboro grown in, in such a way that uh, the things that you guys have to work on, debate, and find information on, is it? are there too many things for you guys to have to make decisions on right now? Because I know the, the growth in Rutherford County and, in, and especially in Murfreesboro is unbelievable right now. And I don't know how you can uh, manage all the things that are going on. It, it, it's, a, it's almost uh, like a flood what like you see out here at the community care center when it goes over the bridge about every time the, <laughs> yeah. the rain comes down how how do you how do you dam that up and take care of it in a responsible way look i, I think you have to give a lot of credit to the staff we have in the city because um, that's the ones that are that are over each department they're they're hired we yeah. the, the city council hires the city manager and the city manager hires the staff that that run the individual departments that that really um, spend that you know 99% of their time Mm -hmm. trying to filter those decisions and lead in their respective areas yeah um, a way that basically aligns with the vision of the council that says here's what we want Murfreesboro to look like Mm -hmm. Um, you know in a lot of ways I, I would probably say the the directors and the city manager probably have better clarity on exactly what they're trying to accomplish day to day than maybe the council does yeah but to your point i think that's probably because they're 100 percent committed to that day in and day out you know all the rest of us have jobs uh, that we do during the day mm-hmm. and then we flip that switch you know three or four or five times a day whether it be through emails or conversations about council city related issues with uh people in the community and then we go to meetings i was at planning commission last night from six to seemed like 8 30 i felt like i was there forever especially because i was sitting i'm not on the planning commission anymore i was just sitting in the audience but you know that that's those are long meetings and uh you know councilman alliance and and uh, councilman wright were there and of course that was after us having spent four hours in that uh, leadership meeting or uh, council meeting um, at the airport on MED. And so, you know, there's a lot of time and a lot of energy invested in trying to understand those issues. But I I will tell you, um, I I can't speak for other council members. They may be able to spend 30 minutes on something that takes me four hours. So we have to give everyone the benefit of the doubt with that. Um, There are certainly some things that I can do in 30 minutes that it may take others longer to do. But to your point, <clears throat> Murfreesboro is a large enough city at this point and a complex enough city that um, I think, and I've even had to do this to a certain extent, um, the council cannot understand and know everything that's going on Yeah. because we're not full-time at that, at that role. And even if we were full-time in that role, I would tell you that Craig Tyndall, who I have um, you know, a high level of respect for from uh, his intellect standpoint. Craig is very bright. Uh, we are very lucky to have someone in the city that has his knowledge and um, 
intelligence related to some of the problems that we deal with. Craig's very, very smart. Now, I disagree with him on a lot of issues, especially how we execute things and how we go about it. Yeah. But, um, you know, Craig is very capable, and um, we just we have different philosophies on things. But, um, you know, to your point, <clears throat> that's part of the reason that I believe that um, the best opportunity for the citizens of Murfreesboro uh, to have say and input into what they want from an elected official standpoint is to have a full-time mayor because I think that person can be specifically held accountable for things that right now I can't really be held accountable for or Shane can't be held accountable for because of the way things are set up. Um, so is it now like it was when Roger Haley was the city manager in that Roger pretty much uh, was the one that everybody would throw rocks at if, yeah, if, if they like did that. if they did not uh, agree with that. So the the, the elected people um, they were pretty much passing the word on from Roger to to whatever the, the situation was going to be. Now it, 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 I, I can see where you're coming from with this the mayor maybe being the final say so right. It's one of those situations. Would the mayor, if if, you, if we had a full-time mayor here in mm -hmm. Murfreesboro, would that have a term limit on it as far as, you know, a lot of those positions like that, mm -hmm. uh, cities and uh, will put term limits on, like Congress needs right now. But, sure. but obviously they have the final, final word on it, so they're not going to have term limits. Uh, it becomes a very powerful position. You know, Truman, that's a great conversation point. And I would tell you, I was asked that question um, before I ran for council. And like many things, I did not have enough experience to really know how to answer that. I mean, I had an opinion about it, but I could see both sides. And, yeah. and usually I can see both sides to most things. Um, I would tell you um, today, based on what I have seen, that... Um, Let's see how can I best articulate this. I think the the tragedy of losing um, a really good, strong elected official because of a term limit does not outweigh um, the tragedy of allowing someone to stay in office far beyond the time that they should probably be in office. Right, and that's a very judgmental statement for me to make because. I'm not specifically referring to any one person, mm -hmm. but I can refer to me and tell you this. Um, <clears throat> I, I am one of the, and the people that I serve with could tell you this because they call me, you know, I shouldn't say that. I, I think they think sometimes I'm stubborn and have a very linear point of view. The reality is that's not true, but, but until I see a different path beyond the path that I'm on, I'm pretty adamant to stay on the path that I'm on. Um, with that being said, I think the pressure of community and service and expectations from the people that you know and you care about, uh, especially in business and other things, I think over time, <clears throat> um, even those with the strongest convictions uh, find themselves bending, and in some cases maybe even unknowingly, mm -hmm. to 
maybe strong convictions or principles they had when they started because the system starts putting them through the meat grinder, if you will. And, you know, while I can't speak for anyone other than me, um, I just know my constitution and I've got a pretty high, my wife's a lot smarter than me from an IQ standpoint, but I know who I am and I've got a very good grasp on my identity and the type of person that I am. And I can tell you, there are plenty of times where I feel pulled where someone I know, I like, I care about, I have a business interest, wants me to do something, and it takes a tremendous amount of willpower to say, I'm not going to step outside of these boundaries. And it doesn't matter who you are and what you're asking, how you benefit, how I might benefit, I'm not stepping outside those boundaries. But I will tell you, I believe for everyone, and this is a human nature thing, the longer you keep yourself in that position, the more likely you are to succumb to it. And so that's my argument for telling you, I think everything should have term limits, including council members, because again, the loss of that institutional knowledge for that perfect mayor, perfect council member, whatever the case may be, it's just not worse losing it than it is having somebody there that um, because of the way we elect people, because of the participation of who does uh, who is involved, um, you know, candidly, you know this, um, a lot of people in our country get reelected because it's a name people recognize on a ballot, regardless yeah. if they know them or not. Yeah. And they don't really know day to day what they're doing other than smiling on the TV or shaking hands. That's a weakness in democracy. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, I, I'm very much for democracy, but I think that could be managed better by having term limits. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, I think you need that renewed enthusiasm and vigor and energy for just like I had and still have of wanting to serve, of wanting to problem solve, wanting to contribute in a positive way to the place you live. Uh, a healthy recycling of that. Uh, the mayor commented about this yesterday related to board and uh, commission appointments. We've got <clears throat> this disparity of... We've got people that have one to two, three years experience, and then we've got people that have 22 years experience on a board. If you're ideally managing that, if you had limits to how many times people could serve, then you could manage that much better and have a balance between expertise, institutional knowledge, and youthful enthusiasm, vigor, those types of things that I think create a much better synergy than, you know, I've known Ronnie Martin for 25 years, and this is his sixth term as a city councilman and he's the best you know we could have well uh if if there are those that would say that i would be appreciative but i can tell you while i might be more knowledgeable six terms in i I don't know that i would be a better city council person i think you've been a great city council person and part of it is that you're new you're learning right but you're utilizing all the efforts that you have at your disposal to make sure that you have all the information that's involved, especially for the, the very important things that uh, go across the desk in the council, where uh, I have seen some, and, and I'm, I don't mention names with this, but I've seen some, I'm not sure they ever study any of the things that are being voted on or whatever. They just take uh, the word of the mayor or the or the uh, city manager and um, 
They, they don't want to put that effort involved. You, you always put the effort involved, and I bet you you're wore out by now because <laughs> it, I, hate to admit it, I don't know how I don't know how anybody could stay term after term after yeah. term and not just be completely spent. You know, uh, one other thing to to piggyback on what you just said. Um, even those that have the will and the time and the energy to invest time and and look we have a lot of people that do yeah um but even those that would do that there are certain things like one of the things that i, I used this example last night uh, i was at planning and this is probably going to show a um uh, <laughs> a weakness that i have but it's just the truth uh, i was looking at this document and um we are talking about revising our city core overlay, which mm -hmm. you have zoning in certain areas, and then you do these overlays, which add some complexity to it, where they say, yes, your zoning is RS-15 here, but there's an overlay, so you could do X, Y, and Z in the overlay. And, and a lot of this stuff is written through a very legalistic perspective. I'm not an attorney. And, but one of the things that makes me crazy is, uh, and Jan knows this because we deal with this some at work, when somebody scratches all over a sheet of paper, <laughs> you're gonna say that. yeah, and and you've got lines drawn through <laughs> this, and it's red, and then you've got yellow above here, and it's blue. It makes me crazy when I look yeah. at it because it's almost like I'm seeing stars when yeah. I'm looking at it. And so I was looking at this planning document last night, and all this stuff was all over here, and I see nothing but madness when yeah. I look at that piece of paper. So the way my simple brain works, if we're changing green to yellow then just put we're changing green to yellow make it as simple as possible make it as easy to understand as possible because what happens is and again human nature the harder something is to learn or the harder sub harder something is to understand people lose interest or they lose exactly their, where you're coming from they lose their will to yeah. go through that and yeah. so i think as council members you know um this is another pet peeve of mine sometimes when we get an agenda the stack of paper is not, and this is my OCD kicking in, the stack of paper that we receive is not in the same order of the agenda online. It yeah. makes me crazy. Yeah. Why wouldn't page 27 on the stack of paper be the same page as 27 on the agenda? It's, it's things like that that... You wonder if they're all... Uh done that way for a specific purpose <laughs> and that's terrible to say yeah but it crosses my mind every time i see it yeah. they just don't want me to know where this is they want yeah. to make it as hard and, and i don't think that's true um at least i'm no, not gonna no. i'm not gonna believe that it's true but it crosses my mind yeah i'm glad that i i was never in a position like yours thanks, mine was thanks, totally <laughs> mine was totally in, in, uh limited to law enforcement period and and um you know, it, it it was simple because back in, in my day, we weren't allowed to have free coffee anywhere. Or, but but, wow. but some of the other agencies they yeah. did that. And and uh, I, I uh, isn't that silly? It, 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 well, it's silly in a way, but it also kept us structured. Yeah, I understand. And and, and you knew that that, it, something that simple. Uh, the the tougher things totally you, you're going you're, you're going to stay away from them so you don't want to be influenced in in a negative way yeah great show thanks a lot for having me and, as and always I, and I, uh, I i fully uh enjoyed all the discussions with you Janie, this morning <laughs> happy to be here but but you did get your hair done and all that fixed up for us so 
She I, got, I could I could watch you while I'm listening to Ron. <laughs> well, I give her credit. She gets me here every time because literally I work until the last minute, and she makes me stop and says, we're leaving now. Bill Jones has got to be a saint letting you uh, do all these responsible things that benefit the city. And, and, uh, and I know that uh, he depends a lot on you and Jenny uh, being there because um, – I know that you've helped me through some of the old financial things that I have no idea, and and uh, I'm not like you. I don't I don't investigate all of these things. <laughs> I, I turn them over to Jan and let her take care of. Them. You find somebody you can trust to do that. It's yes, good I do. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll Thanks see you the- in the morning at night. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.